Peace and blessings, family. It is the goddess behind the gab. It is your girl, them chakras. The same one who aligns her chakras and twerks something at the same damn time. The one who is saging her home to trap music. The same one who loves who you are. The same one reminding you to be who you be unapologetically. The same one who likes you and loves you. If no one has told you today, let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And overall, I want to hear from you. So please, please send your emails to chr. R-B-R-I-A-N-A at gmail.com so that we can share stories. We can share moments. You can ask questions. We can get you into alignment. Please make sure that you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Demchakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S, so that we can continue the conversation from here. And let's make sure that we are in a positive space. So let's receive the message that is coming your way with all the positive intent, if that is okay. So let's breathe in. Let's breathe out and let's get into the episode. Peace and blessings, family. We are on episode 10. Episode 10. 10. 10 freaking episodes of Dim Chakras. My God. Here we are. Creation has got us to this point. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Today has been a really interesting day. Um, so we hit one thousand family members on instagram which is big because i said that once we hit a thousand family members i would host a meet and greet here in the dmv where i um where i reside because everybody kept asking for like oh do you know do, do you do events and things like that other than speaking engagements i don't i don't do much um in reference to like coming out unless it's like volunteer work or something that kiara and i are doing for a feed the less fortunate things of that nature um, but you guys are really asking to like have like a meet and greet, like a little turn up or whatever the case may be. So I said, once I hit a thousand family members, I would do it. And we hit a thousand today. So that is, that's big. You guys are hearing this on Thursday. So Wednesday, um, August the 7th, we hit 1000 family members on Instagram. Um, and then things are just booming over here at Dem Chakras. I appreciate the fuck out of you guys. Uh, I, I'm excited for what's to come and, um, Episode 10 is really interesting because next Monday on August the 12th, I will be turning 26 years of age. So that will be my 26th uh, attempt around the sun. That will be my earth anniversary, the day that my mother gave birth to me. My mother gave birth to me on August 12th of 1993 at 1044 a.m. And I am really big on believing that every empath has a birth story and Everyone has a birth story, but empaths uh, more so have a certain attachment or a certain correlation to their birth story. And my birth story alongside my son's birth story are really, um, there's a correlation, I guess is the best word for it. And I'm um, I'm excited to share it with you guys. So I'm not going to ramble too much and we're going to get directly into my actual birth story and the correlation that the two have and I want to hear from you guys in reference to your birth story if you're an empath if you're not an empath um whatever however you you uh describe yourself and your being and who you be um I want to know your birth story I posted on Twitter yesterday that um believe it or not every empath has a pretty dope birth story and you guys were sharing some of your birth stories and we were able to kind of get into the correlation together a lot of which you guys didn't know 
Um, I was talking to Mercy, shout out to you, beautiful, about her birth story. And her birth story was amazing and how it correlates to her actual occupation now. And she was saying, you know, I didn't even really think about it that way. And there was another young lady, and I really wish that I could remember her name off the top of my head. She was born with a veil over her face, which is a part of the amniotic sac that attaches to the baby's face when they're born. And it's really easy to remove. Um... But she was born with a veil and her father asked for the veil after she was born and he buried he burned and buried the ashes himself and the correlation that it has to the relationship she has with her father is very deep and it's it's those things so if you don't know your birth story and you your parents are still around or um, somebody who was there for your birth ask them ask them what was going on during the time that your mother was in labor um, and ask them what was going on in their life during the time that you were due to be born um, my birth story is a very interesting story believe it or not I was born on again August 12th 1993 and I was born on the day of my grandmother's funeral so my grandmother Dorothy um is my mother's mother so my maternal grandmother um and my mother's father was not in her life very much at all my grandfather has a very heavy drug habit and he's not somebody that we see too often. If we do see him, it's kind of just like around Baltimore. We don't really have a, um, we don't have a relationship with him at all. But my mother had a very strong attachment to my grandmother. And my father, once meeting my grandmother, had a very strong attachment to her as well. So the year that my mother became pregnant with me, we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit. So my mother, um, my mother became pregnant with me in November of 1992 and she told my father that she was pregnant on his birthday um, of 1992 and they went through the you know regular regular pregnancy process uh, the thing is is that during that time my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer and the cancer was spreading and my grandmother got really really sick and it was to the point where her body started to shut down shut down um, she's a Jehovah's Witness, or she was a Jehovah's Witness, and so she didn't believe in blood transfusions, and the blood transfusion would have been the thing to save her. So after several conversations with my grandmother, um, between my mother and my father, my grandmother made the decision that she was just going to transition um, into the afterlife, and that she was going to go through that process without many medications, and that she wanted to pass at home. So they put my grandmother in the hospice center for as long as necessary. And then as my grandmother got weak and realized that she was going to be passing upon her wishes, she did um, she did come home. So I was in my mom's stomach and my grandmother started buying things for me very early on when she still had enough strength to do things. And... My my grandmother would talk to my mother's belly all the time and she would tell my dad things. And my, my brother, who's my older brother, um, he's eight years my elder, um, would kind of instill, like, you know, you're having a little sister, you know, talking to my dad, Jared, you're getting ready to have a daughter, Sharon, you're getting ready to have a daughter, things of those, you know, things of that nature. Um, as time goes on, my grandmother gets very, very sick and again, starts to transition. And um, she passed away the week before I was born. And the conversation that was had when she was still able to speak was that my mother was not to attend her funeral. My my mother was not to see her mother in a casket. She was not to see her mother being placed in the ground. That was not a light that my grandmother wanted my mother to see her in. She always knew my, my grandmother to be very lively and vivacious and full of energy. To see her at that point was just not something that she wanted my mother to witness. Um, 
my mother suffers from uh, mental illness, um, prescribed mental illness. Like it's something my mother takes medication for. And my mother is bipolar and schizophrenic. So that was another reason for her not wanting my mother to experience her in in that light. Um, And upon her wishes, my father tried his damnedest to keep my mother away. But on August 12th of 1993, my mother woke up that morning and she got dressed. And as the family prepared to go to the um, hall or the funeral home where my grandmother, you know, was having her service, my mother got up and got dressed and she was to leave the house, you know, to go to the service. And as she was getting dressed that morning, her water broke and she started to go into labor. And I was a very, very quick moving kid. (laughs) I, I really wanted out of there. I was to be born on August the 14th. I came on August the 12th. So didn't take much time at all. And, um... So, as my mother was experiencing labor pains and things of that nature, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, um, had expressed to my father that herself, my great aunt, and several other individuals were going to go to the funeral and that cell phones back there were huge and that they were going to contact my father when um was just updates from the actual funeral so that my mother was still aware my mother at this time is kind of freaking out because it's just like i'm I'm supposed to put my mother in the ground today like my mother's supposed to 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 you know really go to her final resting place um so they take my mother to the hospital and my mother spends really no time at all in labor she's of course in pain but she gets to the back and she hits the wall and i slide out (laughs) And they catch me (laughs) and um, I had taken my first poop or I defecated inside my mother, which is probably why I give my mother so much shit now. But um, so my mom had gotten pretty sick. So they took care of her. They, you know, had cleansed me off and taken care of me and wrapped me up. And it was raining that day. And apparently um, when they were lowering my grandmother into the ground, my grandmother had called the the. Um, my father's cell phone at the time and had notified him that as my grandmother was going into the ground, I was then coming out of my mother and that the rain had finally stopped several minutes after they had put her in the ground and they had finally cleansed me off and that the sun had come out. And my mother looked at me and my mother was very much excited to call her mother and she went to grab the phone and that's when it hit her that her mother was gone and they said that my mother yelled out, God, take this baby and give me back my mother. And it's something that my mother admits to. It was it was very hard. My mother had a, a very heavy relationship to my grandmother. That is all she knew. My mother's side of the family is not close at all. They are not um they're not very family oriented. You don't see too many family reunions, things of that nature. They are just kinda like free spirited people. It's kinda like, oh when I fuck with you, I fuck with you. When I don't, I don't. Um so her mother was really all she knew. And as time went on and as time goes on, um, I realized the correlation of my birth to the relationship that I have with my mother. With my mother having mental illness and after my parents separating, and even though I have a younger sister who is 11 years old who is adopted, and I have a blood brother Um, Christopher, who is, again, eight years my elder, I am who takes care of my mother. Now, my mother is fully functional. My mother is a fully functioning adult, lives on her own, all that good jazz. Um, But 
I am who takes care of my mother. I am who handles anything regarding my mother. If for any reason anything was to happen to my mother, I am who takes care of my mother. When my mother gets to tripping and she's not taking her medication, I am who steps in a lot like a maternal unit. And my mother looks to me for certain love. My mother looks to me for certain um, adoration. There was a point in our relationship where um, my mother required a lot of cuddling, like a lot of being held. And it was that of the way a mother would hold their daughter. And so when that happened and that became a thing that my mother needed, I found myself feeling more like her parent than I did her child. And I would ask my father because my mother and my father weren't speaking at the time. I would ask my father um, after they divorced, like, you know, daddy, it just seems like, you know, I I just feel like sometimes I'm taking care of her. And he said he would always tell me, well, baby, you have to look at the you have to look at the way that you were born. You know, you have to look at the way that you came into this world. You have to look at how much you resemble your grandmother. You have to look at how much of your personality is like your grandmother. Um, going to my grandmother's grave, it's very hard for me to find her actual placement. But once I'm there, there's a sense of peace. And I can sit for hours and just talk to a woman that I've never met. And my grandmother is with me daily. And it is a a true bond that we hold that is indescribable. And there are times where I think of my grandmother and I cry. And this is a woman that I've never met. And it's because I haven't experienced that great of a loss ever in my life to know that although my my first place here on this earth was definitely one of somebody who fought a very hard battle, I think of the fact that my grandmother fought a hard battle as well. So to have a slight reincarnation of Dorothy to to walk around with and and to be that at all times it's it's a it's a huge responsibility and it's a huge characteristic to have but it's one that I wouldn't trade for anything and I talk to my mom's side of the family every now and then I'll talk to like my cousin April or like my aunt Kathy when I had my son they actually came over to the house and my cousin had knitted him a blanket and um a sweater and some little booties and it was a huge surprise because I had not seen them since my great-grandmother passed away when I was probably like maybe like seven or eight um and I had my son when I was 23, so it had been about 15 years since I had like seen them and actually like hung out with them and been over their house and things of that nature. And um, my great-grandfather had actually passed away um, several years prior as well. So that was a big thing. And when they came over, we were just talking, and I had said something, and my aunt had said, say that again. And I repeated myself, and she was like, you sound just like your grandmother. And... That the conversation that had sparked from that was like you you don't know how much like Dorothy you are. And for you to be born on that day, for you to for for the way that things went about, because it's something that they talk about often, and it's actually something that has been talked about at like family reunions or just situations like um when I was around my cousin Lamont recently, my cousin Lamont had brought it up as well. Like, yo, the day you were born was like a crazy fucking day. And just to know that 
a part of my grandmother is forever with my family because of me. Um, it's hard sometimes. I'll say that it's hard. It's hard because um, it's a huge it's a huge load to carry. People look to Dorothy for a lot, like a lot of light, a lot of love, a lot of advice. And I get it honest. I know that I do. I know that I get it honest. But to know that her shoes were so big in reference to what she did and how she held shit together. Like, if that's my calling here, I mean, I'm willing to do it wholeheartedly. But damn, you know, like she was getting it done in like her 40s, you know, like she was getting it. Well, not even her 40s, she was getting it done in her 30s. Like I'm getting it done in my 20s. And I just, you know, I want to be fruitful. I want to make my grandmother proud. And there are times where I know she is shaking her head like, listen, girl, you need to get it the fuck together. But there are also moments in talking with my mother where my grandmother kind of um, comes through me and kind of speaks to her daughter through me. And she'll say things like, that's some shit your grandmother would have said. Your grandmother would have told me exactly that. I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited for the 26th year of my life. And I I don't know what it has to offer. I just know that around this time of year, every year, I do reflect on my birth and my birth story and things of that nature. But this year has been a lot different. And it's I know for a fact it's because I'm way more in tune with my spirituality and um, the way that I do things and believing in the ancestral markings and just the overall cover, covering that I have over my life. And um, my grandmother has just really been with me lately. And she's been rocking with me heavy. And I see her and I feel her and she flows through me. I look at the picture that I have of her and I get warm. And it's a different kind of feel. It's not like those moments when you're weak and you feel like somebody extra is picking you up and, you know, kind of wrapping their arms around you. It's one of those moments where I really feel like her essence is just kind of flowing through me. And I've just been checking on people more. And I, I've really just kind of been more on my maternal shit. And the first person that comes to mind is Dorothy. And Grandma, I love you. I love you truly, truly, I love you. And I honestly wish that I had had some time with you in a physical sense because I could only imagine. But I just thank creation for entrusting me with what it is that is the essence of her. And I hope that I am doing you some justice. I hope that I'm, I hope that I'm upholding your name correctly and I hope that I am doing exactly what it is that you would want me to do. And I just ask that you continuously be with me and walk with me on this journey just to insist, assist me in being fruitful. And I promise you, I'm watching over Sharon as best as possible. And I know that you see it. And she's doing fine. She's doing well. Jared is doing fine. He's doing well. Um, I talked to Michelle recently. I just want to do right by you, Grandma. And... I thank you. I thank you for the bond that we share without a word being spoken. And 
I hope to bring in this birthday, this this Earth anniversary. I hope to bring it in Dorothy style because for some reason I just feel like the turn up this year is just getting ready to be oh so real. Um, and from what they say, you definitely were a party animal yourself, ma'am. So I love you, Grandma, and um, I'm gonna just keep doing the damn thing while I'm here. <laughs> now, my son. His birth story is one that I want to share with you guys because um, I believe that my child is an empath. My child shows the behaviors of an empath early on. My my son is two. Um, he will be three in December. And his birth story is um, kind of interesting. His father and I were going through a lot. Um when I found out that I was pregnant with him, if you guys have if you guys have listened to the episode, um, Gerald, Jared, and Yule, you know the the story behind when I got pregnant with my son, or with our son, excuse me. Um, it was rocky. That pregnancy was rocky. I am not meant to have children. The success rate of childbirth for me is thirty percent. So, my son is actually um. A gift to be honest I had a miscarriage at 16 um, through from an ectopic pregnancy um, which thankfully turned into a miscarriage and not an abortion it wasn't something that they had to go in and handle on their own um, it was just a um, a miscarriage that was um, what do they call it a supervised miscarriage I'm sorry it was that so I was 16 I had a supervised miscarriage and then I went through um, having my son and um being pregnant was just rough being pregnant by you what that that shit was rough um we argued like every fucking day he cheated all the time um it was bad it was really really bad and I felt a whole fuck ton of a lot of heartbreak and there were times where my heart would actually hurt and I would have to apologize to my child in my womb for what I was feeling um, I almost miscarried twice with him in the beginning. My cervix would close and it just wouldn't stay closed. And when it finally did stay closed, we were good to go, which is good. But um, the doctor kept telling me, like, no stress, like, no stress at all. And then all it was was stress. Like, my son's father was definitely there for, like, doctor's appointments and things of that nature. But when it came to, like, mentally being there, um, I think just the overall responsibility of being a father, which was new to him, um, no doubt in my mind it was new to him. Um, it it took a toll, but it was reflected in his attitude and his actions towards me. So it was a lot of cheating. It was a lot of arguing. I remember getting into an argument with him, with him one day, and I actually slammed the door and walked from Towson University University's campus to the hospital that I was going to my appointments from. Um, we used to get into it all the time. And I just remember the heartbreak that I would feel. And when I had my son, my son was born with a hole in his heart. And I couldn't help but for some reason feel like it was my fault. And my son was born with a brachial plexus injury, which is a shoulder injury, like a stiff shoulder, which comes from just like the overexertion of like pressure being put there. And I could only think that the love that I wanted so bad to receive, I was putting that pressure on my child. Like I just knew that this, 
child that I was bearing was going to gift me this unconditional love that I was searching for from his father. At that time, I was just eager to be loved and I didn't want anything more than for somebody to love me beyond fault. And I feel like I put that pressure on my son before he was even here. Yes, baby. Come here, baby. Come on. Come on. I felt a huge burden um, entrusting my son with such a huge responsibility. And I feel like a lot of that reflected in the injuries from when he was first born. He was a very healthy baby. Eight pounds, 13 ounces. A very healthy baby. However, that whole came from the hole that I was trying to fill from a never-ending beef with a man that I never thought would love me and the pressure that I was placing on my child to love me before he was even here. And as I have healed from my trauma, my son has physically healed from those injuries. Fully functioning arm, no problem, um, after physical therapy, and the hole is closed on its own. Your birth story has a correlation. It does. Your birth story, what happened during the time, whatever your parent was experiencing, whatever they were going through in their life, um, whatever happened on that day, talk to your parents. I'm telling you, if your parents, if you still have the gift that is your parents being alive and having a conversation and you're able to talk with them, talk to your parents about what happened during the time of your mother being pregnant and what happened on the day of your birth. And I want you to think about who you are as an individual. Huh? Mama. Grandma. Huh? Huh? Baby, that is amazing. That you would even say anything regarding that photo. Mm. Um, oh. I, one I didn't expect for my son to still be up. I'm actually recording pretty late. But I keep the photo of my grandmother on my wall. And he never says anything about this photo. And now all of a sudden he's talking about the photo. That is really odd, you guys. Um, yeah, but your birth story, it, it has a correlation with who you are, what it is that you do, who you be. It does. It has a true correlation. If you guys have the opportunity to talk to your parent and get that backstory, get that backstory, because I'm telling you, if there are things that you question about yourself, you will no longer question them more than likely after having that conversation. I know our episode this week was kind of short, you guys, but it, it wasn't really that long of a story to tell. Um, Mama. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really that long of a story to tell. It's, it's one of those things that just kind of works itself out. I, you know, it, it speaks for itself. So I'm, I'm excited to hear. I want to hear from you guys. What, what's your birth story? Send me emails, send me DMs, talk to me. Um, I'm really good with deciphering birth stories as well. I'm not a psychic. Like this, it's not no psychic type anything. It's literally just paying attention to detail. So if you guys want to know more about yourself and your birth story and how the two correlate to one another, um, send me an email about what was going on, what you know about, you know, the day that you were born. And we'll figure out the correlation together. We'll figure out what reigns true and any questions that you may have with yourself. Maybe your birth story can answer those questions for you. I love you guys. I like you guys. 
and I will talk to you guys in the next episode.